Today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Spotify Greenroom, which is the live audio-only sports talk platform for sports fans. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time by downloading the Spotify Greenroom app for free wherever you get your apps. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, July 23rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. And you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page. That can be found at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. What's up, everyone? Happy Friday. Thank you for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Blackhawks. It is officially draft day across the National Hockey League, ladies and gentlemen. Draft day is finally here. The first round of the 2021 NHL draft kicks off tonight, and after all the mock drafts and the scouting reports that have been put together out there. Uh, I'll actually be wrapping up today's episode with part three of the Lockdown Podcast Network's mock NHL draft. But after all the work that's been put into, you know, um, try and project exactly what's going to happen here tonight in the draft, you know, the night has finally arrived. I couldn't be more excited. And honestly, since I've been doing this show for the past year now. This will officially be my second NHL draft that I've covered as the host of Lockdown Blackhawks. But since I've been doing the show, you know, it has just been so much more, these drafts have been so much more exciting for me just because I know so much more about um, a vast majority of the players that will go here in the first round and even some in the early second. I believe I broke down uh, 12 total players here that the Blackhawks could take in the first round on the podcast, so uh, if you want to go back and check those out, you know, they're all, they'll all be wherever you listen to your podcast, the previous episodes. Um, I got a lot of good stuff on uh, most of the options that the Blackhawks are probably looking at for their first round selection, so I- I'm really excited for tonight. Um, definitely gonna, you know, go get together with some of my buddies, open up a few beers, lay back, and See what we got in store. See what's uh, all going to unfold in front of us. But as for the Blackhawks, you know, tonight is the night where we finally find out what they're going to do with that 11th overall selection. Will they go with a goaltender in the first round for the first time since 2001? Or are they going to add yet another skater to their prospect pool and try to kind of deepen those pipelines a little bit further there? And leading up to tonight, we've heard a a little bit of both about the Blackhawks. They are definitely enticed by the goaltending options here, and I mean, you can't really blame them with both Jesper Wallstead and Sebastian Costa expected to go in the first round. But we've also heard the name Matt Coronado been thrown around by some sources. I talked about that, I believe, on Tuesday's episode, that 
Corey Pronman of The Athletic reported to have heard Coronado's name being linked to the Blackhawks potentially here in the first round. Um, Fabian Liesel is another forward who I think could be in that mix. Same with Cole Sillinger. Uh, Chaz Lucius, I believe, is also an option that the Blackhawks are going to consider. They love taking guys out of the United States national program. So um, they are definitely looking at all their options here at number 11. I'm not sure if I've... uh, I haven't really heard of any trade talks so far, really, in this top 10, not only just with the Blackhawks, but um, from any of the teams. I haven't heard if anyone's specifically trying to move up or if someone is trying to move back. So I'm not sure if the Hawks are wanting to to make a deal here tonight, potentially. Uh, I know in last year's NHL draft, there were some late reports of them trying to jump up and potentially swipe Russian goaltender Yaroslav Askarov. That didn't end up happening. Nashville wound wound up taking him. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe they're trying to do the same thing in this year's draft, potentially, with Jesper Wallstead being the, the goaltender that could go in that top 10. That's something to keep an eye out for, potentially. Although, I, I will say that the Hawks, they very well could just stay put where they're at and then take uh, a guy who will love very well very likely still be on the board in Sebastian Casa without having to give up any assets or anything. So I'm very excited to see how they're going to go about this. And um, I guess there is also that slight chance that Wallstead makes it out of the top 10 and then both of them are on the board for the Blackhawks. Uh, But I, I don't really see that being much of a realistic possibility. I do think that Wallstead winds up going somewhere inside that top 10, probably even before number eight or number nine, I would guess. So, um, to me for the Blackhawks, I think this thing is, is pretty much down to a few options. I think Sebastian Casa is very likely on their radar. We've, as I said, we've heard uh, some ties about the Blackhawks thinking about going goaltender and the likely option that will be available is Sebastian Casa. Uh, we've also heard Matt Coronado have his name mentioned specifically around the Blackhawks. And then, as I said earlier, again, uh, I also would guess that both Fabian Liesel and Cole Sillinger are in the mix as well, and possibly even Chaz Lucius. Um, Liesel, I believe, I think he could have some of the highest upside from any player available at this point. He's got that incredible speed and, and speed kills, baby, as I talk about a lot on the show. The league is just getting faster and faster and faster every year, and Lee Sell's got that kind of game-breaking speed that every team kind of wishes that they could have uh, in their forward group. Um, and then Cole Sillinger, he's just an absolute goal-scoring machine everywhere this kid has played. He's lit it up in the goal-scoring department. He's one of the best pure goal scorers in this draft class. Um, personally, those are the four guys I think it's likely down to for the Blackhawks, at least in my opinion. And looking at their likely options, I mean, we have a a pretty decent feeling of who's going to go inside the top 10 at this point. It's, it's fairly clear cut. So based on the options, I think they will have, I believe those four, in my opinion, are not only the, the most likely to be available, but also just the four of my favorites from this part in the draft board. Uh, if I had to rank them, ooh, man, it, it's tough, but I think I would probably go, honestly, I think I'm going to go Sebastian Casa at number one. The kid's just a proven winner, and who doesn't love that size? Six foot six in net. And then a close second to me is probably 
Fabian Liesel just because of that speed and that dynamic offensive skill set. Third, I would say, is probably Cole Sillinger because, as I've talked about, he's a pure goal scorer, and he's also got a little bit of size to him. He's six foot, 200 pounds. And then fourth would probably be Matt Coronado. Not to say that I don't like him. I, I like him a lot, actually. He's extremely dynamic. He can play on the penalty kill as well as the power play. And he's another pure goal scorer that just lit it up this past year for the Chicago Steel to become their all-time leading goal scorer. Uh, it's just that I like Sillinger's size and his goal scoring combo a little bit more than I like uh, Coronado. And, and then I'm also, if you guys couldn't tell by now, I'm completely in love with Fabian Liesel's speed. I think that's something that the Blackhawks really could use in their forward group as well. Um, but all in all, if I had to pick one guy that I think the Blackhawks are taking, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say they're going to take a goaltender here in the first round with Seb- uh, Sebastian Casa from the Edmonton Oil Kings. I think this is just a perfect time for the Hawks to go in and take a chance and take a goaltender. And yes, we love Kevin Lankinen, but just because he put together, you know, one strong half of a season as a rookie, that doesn't mean we're going to shy away from selecting a netminder here in this draft, especially if the scouting department feels that he's the best player available. And also, I know that we just drafted Drew Comesso in the second round, but you, the opportunity to take someone like Costa potentially here, I, I believe is just too high, even though we, we just we just took a young goaltender as well. And at the same time, it's not a bad thing to have too many goaltender prospects. You like to have your options. It's honestly um, a good problem to have. It, it was, I'm sure it's, it's one that the Blackhawks wouldn't mind having on their hands in a couple of years. So um, I really do feel like this is the time to take a goaltender. And looking at this team, I mean, we kind of have our young forward group. We have Lucas Reichel and Kirby Doc to lead the way. We also got Pia Suter, Philip Kurashev, Brandon Hagel, Alex Dabrinkit's still fairly young, Dylan Strom you could throw in that group, Alex Nylander. Um, there's still some names there. And then we know about our young young defensemen. You know, we still need to go and acquire a, a true number one through via, free agency or via a trade. We'll have a little bit more on that later. Um, but we do have a, a, a decent young depth group back there now with Adam Boquist, Ian Mitchell, Nicholas Bodan, Riley Stillman, Wyatt Kalanuck, now Caleb Jones, uh, Alec Regula is another guy who could be in that mix. Um, so there's a lot of names back there already. So to me, this I just think this is the right time to, to go after a goaltender. I think it's the right time for this team to, to take a little bit of a chance. So if Jesper Wallstead does, in fact, go inside the top 10 of the NHL draft later tonight, then I think the Blackhawks are the second team to nab a goaltender off the board, and they take six foot six Sebastian Casa from the Edmonton Oil Kings of the Western Hockey League. All right, there are my final thoughts on the Blackhawks pick ahead of tonight's NHL draft. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to talk about the latest news regarding the two lawsuits that the Blackhawks are facing, as well as the complete 82-game schedule for the 2021-2022 regular season. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. I just got done talking about my final thoughts on the Blackhawks pick tonight in the first round of the NHL draft. 
Moving on now into a much more serious topic. Last night, uh, just a warning, this is, we're going to talk about the Blackhawks lawsuit right now, so it's a little bit of a sensitive topic for those of you listening. Um, last night, after Stan Bowman held his first press conference with the Blackhawks media since the end of May, Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times posted on Twitter that a new amended version of the John Doe 1 lawsuit against the Blackhawks had had some new significant details about then-video coach Brad Aldridge's alleged 2010 assault of the unnamed Blackhawks player. Um, so not only did Aldridge threaten this player financially and also with his own career, he threatened him with his ice time and his future in the NHL, which that part we, we kind of already knew. Um, but one new detail that came out was that Aldrich also apparently used a baseball bat to prevent this player from leaving his apartment one time after Aldrich invited him over to his apartment and then uh, kind of engaged in some pretty disgusting acts that I'm, I'm not going to get into detail about. If you want to go check it out, um, go find Ben's post on Twitter, Ben Pope. Uh, at Ben Pope CST. He's a great follow on Twitter. I definitely recommend giving him one. Um, and then this situation, Aldrich um, inviting people over to his apartment, this apparently kind of used to happen a lot to the young interns that were working for the Blackhawks. They they would go over to Aldrich's private apartment and then he would uh, attempt to, to force himself on, onto these young adults. <laughs> Seriously, so messed up. Uh, but also, um, according to this lawsuit, real punch in the gut here as well, it states that this player, John Doe, won in the lawsuit. He also experienced trash talking for years afterwards in practices and scrimmages that were supervised by Hawks coaches, which is truly devastating stuff to hear. The, the quotes that Ben had in his article, I mean, it, it was terrible what these guys were allegedly saying to this player. And now, with Jonathan Taze coming out saying that he wasn't aware of the situation while it was going on, uh, same with Mark Bergevin, now the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, Kevin Dayoff, who's the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, Joel Quenville, the head coach of the Florida Panthers, they all said they weren't aware of this when it was going on. But now, you know, we hear this side from the player as well as Brent Sopel, who came out and said on Twitter that uh, everyone on the team knew. Then there's also Daniel Carcillo, who played against the Blackhawks in that Stanley Cup final as a member of the Philadelphia Flyers. He said on social media that he remembers hearing about this situation way back in 2010 when it first took place, way before he was a member of the Blackhawks organization. So it's just kind of tough right now to believe that those guys to believe that to believe them when they say that they didn't know anything about it it's now just kind of a situation where you can't be given those those people the benefit of the doubt anymore with all these new details emerging and if they are all true you know it's pretty clear that everyone very likely knew what was new about this situation i mean if this player was getting harassed and bullied in practice by some of the guys on the team. I mean, how would everyone else on the roster and the coaching staff not hear about it at some point? It's just really, it's all just really sad. And it somehow only continues to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And it's just a shame that 
first off, that the NHL is allowing the Blackhawks to investigate and gather all the findings themselves here. That just doesn't feel right in any sense, that they get to hold the investigation on their own organization after botching it, after handling it so wrong and so poorly the first time around? Why do they get an opportunity to do this themselves? That doesn't make any sense to me. And also, the results, they better be public. They have to get out there for everyone to see what happened here. Um, And also, you know, just how the Hawks are still not trying to go about this the right way and act like it didn't happen. It's pretty clear that they could care less about setting a good example and wanting to do the right thing morally. And I can't say I'm surprised at this point. You know, I don't think anyone's surprised that the Blackhawks are still trying to sweep this under the rug and can't come out and say, okay, we made a mistake. That's so hard for them to do. And I don't know how everyone still has their job. It's absolutely baffling. So, I, those are the latest details that have come out about the first lawsuit that the Blackhawks are up against. Again, if you want more info on this situation, definitely go check out Ben Pope on Twitter. He's been doing an excellent job covering this for the last couple of months now. He's a former guest here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, a great guy, and someone that I'll definitely be reaching out to here in the near future to uh, hop back on the show. But now getting into some other quick Blackhawks news. Uh, First, I definitely wanted to mention that the complete 82-game schedule for the 2021-2022 regular season dropped last night, and we now know that the Hawks officially are set to open the regular season on Wednesday, October 13th against the Colorado Avalanche in Colorado. Their first three games of the season actually all come on the road. Their opener is against the Avs. Then they'll head all the way out east to New Jersey to take on the Devils. And then they have the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh before coming all the way back to Chicago and having their own home opener on Tuesday, October 19th against the New York Islanders. First and foremost, it's just so great to see an 82-game schedule again for the first time in a couple of years now, October through April. It just feels right, you know, basically a normal schedule for the NHL. Um, And I'm definitely excited to not have to play the same six teams for the entirety of the season. I get to have some crossovers with different hosts around the Lockdown Podcast Network and get some uh, different opinions on the 31 other teams across the National Hockey League. So that I'm definitely excited for. Um, Overall, though, you know, I'm not really sure what to make of the schedule. I know a lot of people like taking a dive into it and looking at um, some potential winnable stretches or some tough road games, uh, a potential road trip that's going to be tough for the team. Um, I don't really look too much into that personally. You know, um, I know they're going to play 41 at home, 41 on the road, and it's all going to figure themselves out. If they play well, they'll be in a position that they want to be at the end of the year. And if they don't, um, you know, it's going to be another another tough spring and tough summer for this team. Um, but one thing I did notice is that towards the end of the season, the final seven or eight games or so, Um, A lot of them for the Hawks, they do come on the road, but looking at some of those teams that they're up against, listen to this. They got, I know it's early, we're still in the offseason, and I'm not trying to project what teams are going to be good and what teams aren't, but looking at who they got here towards the end of the the year, they got San Jose, Arizona, Nashville, Los Angeles, San Jose again, Philadelphia, and Buffalo in seven of their final eight games of the regular season. They're only, um, I guess, toughish. I don't want to say toughish, that's a poor way to put it. Um, Their only real, I would say, Stanley Cup contender 
that they're up against potentially in their final eight games is the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, but aside from that, you know, I think the Blackhawks, you know, if they can just be in the hunt here come the end of April, I think that schedule could play a little bit easier for them and they could potentially put together a little bit of a late run down the stretch. That was one thing I just wanted to talk about. That was the one thing I noticed in particular about the schedule. Um, And also, I I noticed there were just a lot of road games towards the first half of the season. And ahead of the potential uh, Winter Olympics break, we're still not sure if the NHL players are going to compete in the Winter Olympics, although there is uh, a break thrown in on the schedule in case that does happen. Um, But ahead of that Winter Olympics break, the Blackhawks will already have played 27 of their 41 road games on the season. And then... They have a huge chunk of home games at the end of January and to kick off February that um, they'll definitely need to take advantage of if they want to be in the hunt for the postseason. So um, if you want to go check out the Blackhawks schedule, it's all over social media now. You could probably even go to their website and check it out at this point. But uh, just awesome to see that the NHL and the Chicago Blackhawks, they're all scheduled to play 82 games again this regular season. I'm definitely excited to be uh, finally um, hosting a normal regular season here on this podcast. One other quick thing I I wanted to mention as well, uh, the rumors that came out last night from Elliot Friedman that the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets are starting to grind away at a trade for Seth Jones, and that trade doesn't involve either Alex DeBrinkett or Kirby Doc. And like I've talked about on the show a, a bunch and also earlier this week, there's just no way the Hawks we're going to trade either of those two guys. They are the untouchables on the roster at this point, essentially. So um, now I'm assuming the deal likely has to surf- surface around Lucas Reichel. Um, I think he's probably the centerpiece that the Blue Jackets are looking at. Uh, and then potentially even the number 11 pick here tonight. Although the Blue Jackets have said they aren't really interested in any other picks in this year's draft because... Uh, they do have three first-round picks of their own, I believe, here tonight. Um, but then probably, I would guess, Adam Boquist, Nicholas Bodan, or Ian Mitchell. Gotta think at least one of those three are involved in this conversation. And then, potentially, Pia Suter or Philip Kershev from the forward group as well. Um, so it's shaping up to be another interesting weekend coming up here for the Chicago Blackhawks, ladies and gentlemen, as Seth Jones very well could be on his way to Sweet Home Chicago to become their future number one defenseman. All right, there is the latest Blackhawks news heading into the weekend. Coming up in just a minute is part three of the Lockdown Podcast Network's 2021 NHL Mock Draft. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, salted caramel, double chocolate, and now they also have a couple of new flavors like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you're a lover of mint. And they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low-calorie and low-sugar, but they are also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, that's a capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option, and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. 
Hey, everybody. Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild, back for another pick in the Locked on NHL mock draft. The Minnesota Wild with the 26th pick in the Locked on NHL mock draft. Select forward Nikita Chibrikov of Scott St. Petersburg of the KHL. Chibrikov, if you give him space, a runaway through the neutral zone, or a pocket in the offensive end, he will cut around the opposition with a combination of rapid handling and crossover moves. He locates teammates early in possession sequences and finds ways to reach them by going to his backhand, by saucing the puck above sticks, banking it on the boards, or the goalie's pads. An elite puck handler to go further with an elite group of offensive skill players for the Minnesota Wild. I guess they say the rich get richer. And so that is who the Wild are taking with the 26th pick. Hey there, folks. Jared Ellis here, host of Locked on Hurricanes. And with the 27th pick in the 2021 Locked on NHL mock draft, the Carolina Hurricanes select Colton Dock, center from the Saskatoon Blades of the WHL. I know to some this may seem like a bit of a dark horse pick, uh, but I really do like Colton. Uh, NHL Central Scouting had him ranked at 19th. He had a really breakout season in the WHL this year. Um, he's a very big-bodied uh, centerman, standing six foot four, weighing 205 pounds. Uh, he's a jack of all trades, folks. Uh, he plays a really good two-way game. Um, he's a very, very gritty player. He's a good passer and a very accurate sh- shot. Um, you guys may recognize his last name, Doc from his brother playing up in Chicago, uh, Kirby Doc. Um, they do have a lot of similarities, but again, Colton is a bit more of a better goal scorer. Um, a lot of people maybe thought he was more of a second round pick, uh, but I do think the Hurricanes are right at taking him at the 27th spot. Um, I think, you know, with a little bit of time, he can develop into a really good centerman for the Hurricanes um, because they're going to need a big body centerman before too long because Jordan Stahl is getting up there in age. Um, he does have some issues with like acceleration and whatnot, but that is something that with time that can easily be worked on. So welcome to the Hurricanes, Colton. What's going on, everyone? Chris from the Locked On Avalanche podcast here, and with the 28th pick in the Locked On NHL mock draft, the Colorado Avalanche select Brennan Offman from the OHL, and because the OHL was a canceled season, he played last year over in Switzerland. Offman is a player that gets under your skin, and he's the type of guy, if he's on your team, you love him. If he's not on your team, you hate him. But he's very calculated in how he plays his aggressive style. He's not out just to bash a head in or take an illegal hit. He's very calculated, and it almost makes him play better throughout the course of a game. And uh, that's not just to say that's all he can do. He has a very good offensive skill set. Very good shot, very good wrist shot, very good slap shot. He has a wide arsenal of offensibility, offensive ability. So the the Avalanche would welcome him with open arms because we really think the Avs are going to want to get a little bit more physical, and he is that style of guy and that style of player. And the fact that he just doesn't go around headhunting and he can play the game 
with a aggressive style, but not overly aggressive. And just enough to get under your skin and be a nuisance. So the Avalanche go defense the last three out of four years. And this year, they would go offense with Brendan Othman. Hi, this is Carlo from the Locked On Golden Knights podcast. And for the 30th pick on the Locked On NHL mock draft, the Vegas Golden Knights elect Javier Brogon of the Shawinigan Cataracts of the QMJHL. Brogo is a versatile two-way forward who can score. He can play both center and wing and shoots right-handed. Brogo had 40 points and 20 goals on the shortened season in the, and 33-19-20 to 19, 20 season last year in 63 games. Vegas could always use a more reliable scorers up front and Brogo really feels that need. For more on the Golden Knights, go check out Locked On Golden Knights wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. It is Scott Matlow with Locked On Canadians, and I am here to announce our pick in the Locked On Mock Draft. We are drafting 31st overall, obviously, after a deep Stanley Cup run where they came up just a little bit short. But at the same time, there are a ton of incredibly talented players at the end of the first round, and we think we might have found the diamond in the rough. So we are proud to select from Carpot in Liga right winger Samu Toamala. We've had a lot of luck with Finnish players in Montreal in recent years. Arturi Lekkinen got him to the cup final. Isperi Kotkaniemi was taken third overall. Jesse Olinen lit up the AHL this year after a strong showing in the Liga for the past couple of seasons as well. Laura and I are very happy to add this player. Speedy, tenacious, loves to shoot the puck, played at over a point per game pace in the U20 league this year, and also earned a call up to Liga playing with the men as an 18-year-old and had a strong showing at the under-18 tournament as well. It's not every day that you can get an absolutely tenacious winger who loves to just do nothing but shoot the puck, something the Canadians could definitely use more of. We've seen how well it went with Cole Caulfield, who loves to shoot it. Why not add another player like that to this organization? As always, if you want to check out our podcast, we are at Lockdown Canadians wherever you get your podcast and at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. Go Habs, go. Hi, Trent Matthews once again for my pick for the New Jersey Devils. So with the 31st overall selection in the Lockdown NHL mock draft, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select Isaac Rosen from Sweden. Now, he played for the Swedish Hockey League this past few seasons, uh, which is the highest level competition there in Sweden. He is a winger similar to Alexander Holtz, so it's going to be a Swedish takeover for the New Jersey Devils as these two can pair very nicely in the future. He shoots left-handed, so he collects most pucks mid-stride. His handling and skating forms are nearly impeccable. He'll send false signals between the blue lines to move the feet of opposing defenders, cutting east and west using the dotted line. He'll fake weight shifts, shoulder shimmy, and just overpower uh, helpless defenders. So he is a great playmaker and just a very uh, technician uh, person. And he's exceptional at reading the game. So I believe that kind of player would fit beautifully for the New Jersey Devils. He also has speed to burn. So uh, very similar to, I guess, the game of Jack Hughes. So last season, he appeared in 12 games and he was able to net uh, 12 points, 7 goals and 5 assists. And I believe his best season came just a few years ago during the 2017-2018 season when he was an alternate captain over in the Swedish League when he appeared in 25 games, had 19 goals, 19 assists for a grand total of 38 points. So he is just a great playmaker, has speed to burn, like I mentioned. And I 
I think uh, he and Alexander Holtz would fit uh, very well together because Alexander Holtz is a right winger and uh, Rosen can play the left wing and he's also capable of playing the right wing as well. So just two great Swedish wingers for the New Jersey Devils to help build for our future. So Swedish Fish takeover in New Jersey. Jay Foster, Lock the Blue Jackets here to select the final pick in the first round of the Locked On NHL Mock Draft 2021. I am selecting Oscar Allison from HV71. He is generally predicted to go maybe late second round, uh, but I have selected him in the first round because by all accounts, he is uh, a defensive talent. He has uh, kind of suffered this season from being one of the youngest players in the draft. Uh, and it's a very heavy, uh, it's a very heavy draft for Swedish forwards. So he's kind of gotten lost in the mix with guys like Fabian Lysel, William Eklund, kind of taking up a lot of a lot of scouting uh, attention. Uh, but he can score, he can skate, uh, he plays on the power play. He kind of split his time between the under 18 side of HP71 and the SHL side, but I'm uh, excited to see him continue in men's hockey as opposed to junior hockey and see what he can do. Um, he has so far been been really good. He had 27 points in 16 games at the under 18 level and he's kind of holding his own in the SHL as we speak. So uh, like I say, I'm excited to to see more of Olesen and what he can what he can do with a full season at the adult level of uh, of men's hockey. For more kind of draft analysis, thoughts on this, you can find locked on blue jackets at L O underscore blue jackets on Twitter and uh, anywhere you get podcasts. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, July 23rd's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, go and get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our Lockdown Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes by following Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talk and Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday. So for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.